Welcome to Growing in the Gospel with Father Zach Weber. It is the 20th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Welcome to Growing in the Gospel. This is Father Zach, and it's a great opportunity for us to deepen our love for Jesus in the Eucharist, to the journey with the Lord. And no matter what we're going through, you know the Lord is always with us. And I just encourage you, you know, no matter what you're going through, to to really ask deep questions if it's really you, Jesus, and ask for the courage to persevere no matter what trials and tribulations you may be going through or what trials and tribulations your family may be going through, uh, and to always fall in love with Jesus in the Eucharist, to fall in love with Him at the wedding feast, which is the Mass, and to ask Him to lift you up, to give you hope, to give you joy, to give you humility, to give you all the virtues that lead us to discipleship, that lead us to a deeper desire to share the good news with others. And always, as always, just encourage you to uh, receive the Lord reverently in the Eucharist. Um, encourage my, in my homily last weekend to be able to receive Jesus on the tongue, and it was beautiful to see a lot of people have a transformation in that. Uh, also, to receive the Lord in a state of grace, so by frequenting the sacrament of confession, uh, to pull a priest aside, not be afraid to say, hey, Father, i got to go to confession. I want to receive Jesus rightly, and that changes everything, because as we approach any sacrament in the Catholic Church, we are supposed to receive Him in a state of grace. That means no mortal sin. It also means as we approach the Lord in the Eucharist, we should have no mortal sin in our soul. And if we do have mortal sin in our soul, we should not be receiving communion. But on a good note, on a high note, the Lord is always ready to forgive you. He loves forgiving you. And we'll hear from John six fifty one through 58 this week. And just encourage you to call upon the Holy Spirit, pull up some friends, pull up some chairs, open your Bibles, and let the Lord speak to you. Ask the Blessed Mother to intercede for you so that you may know her as Mother of the Eucharist. And our Gospel begins with John six fifty one, which says, Jesus said to the crowds, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, I and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. So as a priest who felt called to be a priest at Mass when, the, when actually Cardinal Dolan was holding up the Eucharist, I love this reading because it changed my life. And I hope you are dying to self so he can live in you and allowing this gospel just to transform your heart, transform your mind. So Jesus says, I am the living bread. Now mind you, 11 times he says, I am the bread of life. So he's very serious. And in John 6, 51, when he says, I shall give this bread for the life of the world is my flesh. This bread is my flesh. The future tense points to both the cross where Jesus surrenders his life for human sins, and to the Eucharistic liturgy, which is the Mass, the wedding feast. And Jesus offers himself as a living bread to a starving world. And Jesus is a living bread both as word of God and a sacrificial victim 
for the salvation of man. And there's so much we could unpack here, but I'm going to try to keep this short so you can you know, chew on the word and let the Holy Spirit work yourselves. But also, notice how the Jews disputed or quarreled among themselves. Last week they were murmuring, this week they're quarreling. And they said, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Now the crowd is thinking of cannibalism, the sin of eating a human corpse, an idea thoroughly repugnant to them. Look at Deuteronomy 28:53. Now this is a misunderstanding because first of all, cannibalism means eating dead people. <laughs> so we're eating a living being, but Jesus gives us not his mortal flesh as it were during his earthly ministry, but his glorified humanity as it was after rising from the dead. This is why he calls himself the living bread. So Jesus says to them, amen, I mean, amen, amen, I say to you, or truly, truly, I say to you. And when he says that, it means this is very important. Listen up. Get your heart ready to receive some hard truth. He says, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life within you. Now, Jesus is speaking literally and sacramentally. Now, if he were speaking metaphorically or figuratively, his words would echo a Hebrew idiom when consuming flesh and blood refers to the brutalities of war. Check out Deuteronomy 32, 42 or Ezekiel 39, 17 through 18. And when he says you have no life within you, he means no divine life because Jesus comes to divinize us. Say that word, divinize. That's the whole point of the Mass is to be divinized, to have our human nature divinized. And drinking the blood of animals is forbidden under the Old Covenant. So you can see in Genesis 9, Leviticus 17, Deuteronomy 12. So to do so is to consume life that is merely natural and of a lower order than human life. Jesus' injunction does not fall under these prohibitions. The life he imparts or he gives is not natural but supernatural. It does not pull us down to the level of animals. Actually, it elevates us to become sharers in his divine nature. Check out 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. And he is very serious. So when he says, says he who eats my flesh, the word in Greek is trago. Say that word, trago, T-R-G-O, which is a verb meaning to chew or to gnaw. It is used five times in the Gospel of John and one time elsewhere in the New Testament. So Greek literature used it to describe the feeding of animals such as mules, pigs, and cattle, and in some cases for human eating. Now in John, the verb is used four times in the second half of the Bread of Life discourse. And this marks a noticeable shift in Jesus' teaching, which until John 6.54 made use of a more common verb for eating called estheo. Now this is super important because you don't gnaw on bread. You gnaw on flesh. And that might sound kind of scary to you, but the change in vocabulary marks a change of focus and emphasis for the necessity of faith and the consumption of the Eucharist. Now, the graphic and almost crude connotation of his verb adds greater force to the repetition of his words. He demands, Jesus demands, we express our faith by eating in a real physical way, his life-giving flesh in the sacrament. Because he says, my flesh is food indeed, or true food. My blood is true drink. How do you feel about that? Are you coming to him in a state of grace? Are you asking to live forever, to know that he comes down to lift you up? For he is the bread which came down from heaven, and he who eats this bread, which is you, will live forever. The expression of living forever occurs rarely 
in the Bible, actually only twice in the Gospel of John and once in the Greek version of Genesis. So a comparison is thus implied that he's talking about the tree of life, which bore fruit for, of immortality and the bread of life, which tradition calls the medicine of immortality. So whatever you are struggling with or whatever you're suffering with, whether it's being soul sick, which we all are, mentally sick, emotionally sick, physically sick, ask the Lord to heal you so you may receive the medicine of immortality. As I close, the song I'll be playing is called Time With You, which is a song by Luke Spihar. And this song is obviously about him and his wife, but in a deeper reality, the church is the bride, and you are the bride. And Jesus is the bridegroom just dying for you to come to him. He's laying his life down for you every Mass, waiting for you, calling for you, as we hear in the Song of Songs. And as you listen to this song, may God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. It has been too long since I've seen you here alone. I'll admit I've been gone in more ways than just on the road. But tonight I see clear you are beautiful, my dear. I want you to hear that it's just so nice to spend some time with you. have no other plan than to be with you all day. Take our time, let it come, and say the things we need to say. Look for the best way to show that I love you, because I love you so. I Spend some time with you. Oh, it's just so nice to spend some time with you. Oh, it's just so nice to spend some time exploring the mystery of the way. strength of our vows When the night time comes I can take you home I want to take you home with me Show you all my love From the heavens above to the deepest sea Let it go
it's just so nice to spend some time with you. you.